Do your feet sweat in work boots? If you struggle with sweaty feet, you need the best-selling Camel City Mill Lightweight Work Sock. You'll have dry, comfortable feet as their sweat-wicking merino wool is 35% better at wicking moisture compared to polyester socks. Plus, a 10-year durability guarantee thanks to their proprietary Ironside Merino Wool and Nylon Fortified Heel and Toe. Your feet won't hurt and recover faster because of the compression in the arch and calf, which helps circulation through a full 14-hour shift. Expect all-day comfort, even with steel-toe boots due to the extra cushion in the toe. These socks are completely USA-made in North Carolina. Order ship within 24 hours, and anything over $50 ships for free. To get your socks today and see how insanely durable these socks actually are, go to CamelCityMill.com and use the code DIESEL15 and get 15% off your first order. Remember, use the code DIESEL15 for 15% off your entire order at CamelCityMill.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sweat and Grime. It's uh, it's one of your hosts, Brian, tonight here at the helm. To my right, we have Rick the Dick Valco. How are you, sir? Wonderful. I'm eating pretzels. Well, there you go. You're welcome, buddy. And to my left is not Matt motherfucking Totten. No, it's Greg it's motherfucking Greg Johnson. Motherfucking Johnson. motherfucking Johnson. What's going on, Greg? Yeah, you know, just now, living the dream. Now, Greg, do you really got a big Johnson or is that just a name? No, I had to name myself Johnson to compensate, to compensate. for my tiny, yes. tiny. Yeah. So you're like known as Little Johnson. Yeah, right on. Yeah. And on the phone tonight, we have Andrew Brown. And and Andrew, remind me, it is toolfetch.com that you were over? Correct, toolfetch. Mm-hmm. And tell us a bit about what you do over at toolfetch. Yeah, um, well, before I get into that, I wanted to, to tell you I have a story that I got into toolfetch. Oh, we're and, all for it. Hang on, I got it. He yeah. fetches tools. Close. Besides that. <laughs> so I was. Uh, it was September 11, 2001. I was in New York City, living in New York City, and the planes hit the the towers. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I need to do something. Like, I need to help. I need to do something. And my friend and I got this crazy idea. Why don't we go down and get in this truck and go down the West Side Highway? Let's see if we can get in. He fucking picks me up in this huge truck. We put on overalls. We go, and this is, this is just a couple of days after uh, 9-11 happened. We go down the West Side Highway. We get into uh, the World Trade Center, around the World Trade Center. And all of a sudden, I'm standing on the World Trade Center, and it's literally, it's smoking in the background. There's emergency workers. There's tradespeople trying to... Uh, uncover bodies. It's it's a it's a mess. It was such a surreal uh, situation. And what happened with all this is that I, I helped emergency workers, uh, you know, pull rubble away and, and stuff. And and I was watching the, the the tradespeople, and they were there with fucking gas saws and hand tools and everything in between to try to help people. Yeah. And I just I came away after this situation. I was like, I gotta. What can I do to support these men and women in the trades? And that's where I started a business called Toolfetch with my brother to supply the men and women in the skilled trades the tools and equipment they need to get the to keep our infrastructure running. You know, electricians and HVAC techs. I'm, I'm going to be honest. That is probably the heaviest introduction to this podcast that has ever, ever been done. And I think it's fantastic because... 
it it occurred to me while you were telling that story. We hear about 9-11 still to this day, like it was yesterday. And every time 9-11 is brought up, all you hear about are the first responders. And I don't want to downplay the first responders because absolutely they were the heroes that got in there and they went in first and they, you know, there were a ton of them that they got killed in the process of rescuing. But, but you bring up a valid point that the vast majority of the people that were working after the fact to free people from the rubble were not the first responders. They were tradespeople. And I don't know that I've ever heard that talked about until this conversation. I was in. It had such an impact. It had such an impact that I had to do something. And that's why I started my business. So that, that's why I wanted to lead in with that. That, it, you know, I was 23 years old at that point. I was, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know what the hell I was doing down there, but I saw them do what they did and I wanted to help. I was 17. Yeah, I was watching good. it burn down on TV in high school. Yeah, like we, we were watching. I it. was in chemistry class when it happened. Yeah, they're like turn on the news. And yeah, I'm fairly certain I was in a bar. Well, <laughs> and then there's Greg Johnson, the mullet wearing man. <laughs> I, no, I think we were having lunch at a bar, and all of a sudden, like every TV in the place lit up, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, just keep fucking drinking. Wow. Yeah, well, we never left. I can tell you that. So, you know, that's wild though to even hear how he told his story and introduction into that, but leading up to that point, like he was standing there trying to help and get tools and fetch all that. But go back a little bit further. What was it even just like with the chaos and the emotion and the panic that he was walking into is obviously he was coming down the road from somewhere. Yeah. What what was that like as you came into New York? Well, I was living in the city at that time. Oh, I didn't realize you were in New York at the time. I was there. Wow. I was there. So I went down, literally went down the West Side Highway. As we were going down, people stopped and were cheering for us because we were were in our overalls. They threw water. They threw uh, food. They threw toothbrushes and everything in between because they knew we were going down. They were going to be down there for a while. It was so insane. Wow. But just to think back, that was, you know, 20 plus years. 20 years ago, 21 years ago. It was crazy. Think about that. So, so let's kind of reverse even further because for you to make the decision that I'm not going to sit on the sidelines, I'm going to actively go do something. What did you do before tool fetch? What did you do pre nine 11? What was I doing for, for work, well, I mean, what what what's kind of your, your history and your backstory? Yeah. Because you kind of let in, like, I need to get involved in the trades. What were you doing? It doesn't sound like you were really involved in the trades pre-9-11. What, what were you doing beforehand? So I wasn't involved in the trades. I was actually in something completely different. I was in uh, computers and IT and network administration. And that oh, wow. wasn't for me. Yeah. You know, it, it helped in a sense in our business that we're e-commerce, but that's not really what I you know, set out to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, this is what changed my path. Yeah. This is kind of the culminating event that really put you on, on the path you feel is the correct one. So people have life changing events and this, you know, this is one of them. Yeah. So how close were you to the towers from where you were at? There there are, there are pictures. There's a couple of pictures. We were in one of the buildings and we're like, fuck, we shouldn't be here. Like it's structurally unsound. (laughs) Oh, so you and, arrived uh, on site before they even fell? 
No, no, no. They they had fallen, but the the surrounding buildings. Oh, okay. Were, I see. Yeah, I see. Like we would, we would, you know, we were uh, in a couple of buildings, and then all of a sudden you would hear like, "We found somebody! Found somebody!" And like shit, like like quiet, 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 and the dogs would go over and like fuck, like glass was falling. It was just you know something I'll never forget. So obviously, yeah. as the planes hit the towers, and obviously you went there after they fell. This was a couple of days after. So, couple of, oh, yeah. a couple of days after. So you didn't. Yeah. Because it sounded like you were, like right out the door after they fell. And oh yeah. They had to stop and no, buy overalls. I mean, this is like literally well, like they just had just caught a. I was just thinking of, of like the dust and the oh yeah aroma yeah. of like you wouldn't want to open your door no right because well, of, think about it the guys the guys that were down there they didn't have you know the the, the face respirators or anything the, you hear about the problems you know. That they have today. Yeah, the major, major health problems. I mean, you think about it, those, one of the things that we deal with on an everyday basis in our line of work is, is cutting concrete. And it's commonly known that silica dust is one of the worst things you can inhale. And you had an entire two structures made of concrete and steel collapse, not to mention all of the other stuff that was burning at the time on top of all the silica dust, like, yeah, no wonder everybody's got fucked up health issues. Yeah. Well, and you think about just that stuff falling and right. There's a procedure to CPR. Like if somebody's covered in blood, you got to make sure you put your gloves on, you make sure everything stays clean. You apply the pressure, like there's protocols and then you get a emergency disaster that happens like that. And everybody just kind of panics and rushes in to help. Yeah. Not realizing, not not saying that they're doing something wrong, they're doing something positive, right? But not realizing that we don't even have the right PPE to even be responding to this yeah. kind of disaster and emergency. Yeah. And you know, here they are just running, yeah, right to it to help. But I guess that's the interesting point. Listening to him talk though is how quickly did you discover that you wanted to start this company to fetch tools because. Were you there all day long, a couple hours, a couple days, or did it just like hit you instantly and go, we need somebody that needs to be able to support these guys right now? Yeah. I mean, it was a culmination of that. You know, my family was in sort of construction business, so there is some history there, but this was the, this was the, the point of like, Hey, like, look, uh, this is not what I'm meant to do. I'm not meant to do network administration and that shit. I want to support them. If I'm not going to physically do with my hands, I'm going to be a link in the chain to help these guys and get what they need to get the job done. So that's kind of what you know, my thought process was on that to try to help. So as I think through life, when I have, you know, kind of a, a, a giant event happen that, that changes the course of my life, there is a mental image that comes to mind. When it comes to this experience for you, I know you've got a mental image of a moment of someone in the trades doing something. What is that mental image? What what stands out to you as this is the moment I decided I needed to change paths? I think it was just the whole thing. Everything just, it was like you said, they didn't have all the uh, the respirators on. Like they didn't give a shit. They They wanted to help survivors yeah and it was just it's just I, I keep saying it, it's just it was so impactful that i was just, i just you know how can i help how can i support what can i do yeah 
Now, and, and, yeah. now let's, let's take a step back even further and knock the doors off from the business. And you said this changed your life. Obviously chaos and everything was going down, but mentally and emotionally and everything you went through, how did this really impact you and change your life? Cause you know, so a lot of us, we, we were young, we watched it. Some of us were old, not a lot of people were there in a world disaster, but how did this just change your life personally being a human being? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it just shows you that anything can happen, right? Just one day, something like this, we never even thought was even possible. Uh, happens and it just, you know, it's, it's like to wrap your head around something like that and compute it. Like it, it takes like, like, wait, wait, what am I seeing? Yeah. You know, I don't, am I really seeing this? And it just, it, it took a little bit to, to sink in, but once it sunk in, I was like, wow. I mean, you know, don't, don't do something you're not happy with. Be happy with what you, you know, what you want to be and what your path is. That's yeah. not my path. Yeah. my passion. Now, what did it put in perspective in your life, though, besides work? Just, you know, hold on to things, you know, as much as you can, obviously. I mean, even, even your family and, and friends and, you know, things can change in a blink of an instant. So, you know, it just gave me a whole found respect of just, you know, somebody uh, uh, that maybe you stop talking to, you know, for some silly reason. Why? You know, something could change just like this life-changing event. You know, so, you know, I started talking to people that I didn't speak to prior, like little things like that, Yeah, where I wouldn't have done that before. It was just, it shouldn't have taken this, this life-changing event, but like that opened the, the door to like, look, I, I, I don't, I need to stop being selfish on that stuff. Like, look at the shit that happens here. So. Yeah, it but, is, it is incredible. So we went to New York uh, for the first time in 2020. Uh, as, as some of you may recall, that's right. When COVID hit, we, we were there the month ah, before COVID hit. When the furnaces went and licking New York. Yes. My, my son, my oldest son was six at the time. And, uh, he is notorious for, if anything, you know, he's he, like he, a shark. He likes taste testing. Like he's like a like shark. Wine. Yeah. He's like a shark. Sharks investigate the world around them by biting the things around them to see what it's like. And that's essentially what my son is like. But I will say, so in that New York trip, uh, Jack licked everything. I mean, we look over on the New York subway at one point in time and he's licking the subway window. And I was like, well, there's probably eight vaccines that we didn't need up until this point in life. And we're going to go get and either that or he's just got an immune system like a plumber. Oh, so COVID hit his. I'm confident. I'm confident with the amount that he experienced in New York. And we came back from New York and literally, I'm not even exaggerating or joking. A week after we got back from New York, the U.S. was on lockdown. Like that right. is how close we were. I'm confident COVID entered his system and went, fuck this, I'm out. and immediately jumped back out. Yep. That is my son's immune system. That's awesome. But where I was going with this story is, that was the first time I had ever been in New York. What are the chances of him being a plumber? Decently yeah. good. Decently good. Okay. So I'll keep you posted on that. If but you knew the toilet was leaking today. That's true. He'd be all about it. But anyway, where I was going with this is, we went to the 9-11 Museum. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever been to ground zero, obviously being the first time in New York. And there is, 
as an American who had not been there before, it hits different. You know, we all saw it on TV. We, you know, got hit by the shock of it and witnessing it live and, and all of the fallout from that and then going through the war afterwards. But Just man, going to the museum was it 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 just man it really hit home because we, it was all the things that we saw happen on TV that's you know it's TV it's not real and all of a sudden you're looking at a flattened fucking ladder truck and it is the one that you saw on TV flattened underneath a slab of the building mm-hmm. and you're looking at some of the beams that you saw in all of the TV I mean it was just it was it was insane how uh, I don't even know what the word is for it. Just, it's just, just powerful and humbling, emotional. and yeah, it was. It was the first time I think I have ever choked up from going to a memorial of any type. But you're seeing history, and we were teenagers. It, it and was you yeah, it was physically on TV, let alone being there. But it never was reality back. for us, right. and that made it real all of a sudden. So, Andrew, uh, let's kind of rewind the story. How did you get into the IT world? We'll, we'll kind of start at the beginning of your story and work forward. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I had this thing about being in uh, computers, and I've always tinkered as a kid and programmed. And, and don't even ask me why. In, in college, uh, I took programming class. And I was so lost. <laughs> I think I was the only one in class who didn't know how to code in C++ and do advanced calculus. Oof, and advanced calculus. Like, I could handle the C++, I like, nah, but yeah, advanced calculus. I don't think that's for me. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just, it, it, it wasn't for me, um, but I, I took sort of a, a, a slight deviation uh, and went into what's called MIS or management and information systems. Yep. More like a business background and minored in finance. Okay. And I just, you know, out of, out of school, um, I had some, some odd jobs working for some different technology companies doing uh, admin work and Linux and cr- all that stuff and command lines. And it's just like, it's not for me. It's not. You know what? I thought no, I was going to go super do. nerd and I installed a Linux box on my computer and I was going to go learn Linux and all the command lines. I was the same way. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> the only Linux yeah. I know makes Sawzall blades. Sawzall blades. I don't need to do that shit. Yeah. And me and Rick are over here just looking at each other like we have no yeah. idea Rick, what the hell they're talking about. I like about. to take the Linux Sawzall blade right through your fuckers' computers. <laughs> Rick has a hard time checking the calendar on his phone. And so, yeah. you know why? <laughs> because guys like us actually fucking work with our hands. <laughs> guys like Shots you that fired. are fucking nerds. <laughs> I mean, I, I know how to look in marketplace. That's where I buy all my shit. <laughs> Brian's one of those fucking guys. He's waiting for like the dozer to appear that he could finish grade from his computer. Absolutely. Yeah. I, with my joy. So, so just a little background here, Andrew. I, He's a fucking nerd. I am yeah, a giant yeah, nerd. Know. So so I do. I come from a computer background. My dad was in the banking industry. And, Brian and, could get it on digitally. He would. We were just talking about We it. were just talking with the yeah. Bluetooth remote system. You absolutely. can absolutely well, let's get see it on tool finder. What is it called? To, uh, fetch. To, uh, tool, tool fetch. fetch. Tool Does fetch. Tool fetch have, a, have that, Hitachi? 
So, can oh. I get that? So, Andrew, have you heard of That's a good this device? Uh, and, and you know what? Hold and, on. Andrew, you said you knew what you were in for. Just fair warning. We're, I, we're going down the sweat and grime rabbit hole. Now, here. Now, Stop real hey, quick. wait a second. You've seen me and Rick's posture both sit up. Yeah. We're like ready to attack. So it is funny because what what the audience can't see. We brought our Hitachi fighter here. Well, what what was happening in the background is while Andrew was talking about his quote unquote nerd background, which is in computer science, which is which Ryan is a legit career path. Out. Well, he did. Greg and Rick were slumped over in their chairs. They they look depressed. They're they're focused on their pretzels because neither one of them have any idea what Linux has to do with computers because again, they think it has something to do with sawzall blades. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And so they make a decent set the, of cutters too. But the like second we started talking I'm about down. I'm actually standing up. I'm well, excited. Oh, well, so these guys well, now are excited. Throw some water on the little guy and calm him right <laughs> yeah, back good, well, well, now we've got them all perked up because we start talking about Hitachis. And, and the second that happened, the pretzels went down on the table. Both of them are sitting. I know. I reach for a fresh beer. Like, yeah. I don't know that you I'm could. sorry. When it, Take a break. Me and him will just. Uh, we'll well, Rick is the Rick is the epitome of like proper posture now because we're talking about Hitachis. You're fucking right. <laughs> straight up and down. Yeah, Greg Johnson. Straight as a board. Yeah, but I'm ready to get into a here's, car accident. Here's the thing, though. When you start actually talking like man language, and we're going to start talking <laughs> sexual, and it has something to do with. <laughs> Men and women. So tools. we get down on it and tools. So it is funny that we're that we're going down this road. Before the show, we were talking about Andrew. I'll fill you Bush. in. We were talking about there is a new there is a new set of Bluetooth devices so that you can, with a lady friend, get it on remotely. And so you have the the female device, the vibrator, if you will, that is Bluetooth connected to the phone. And then you have the Brian's got one. the man I device. You think he does? I'm guaranteed. The dude. the pocket poussoir, if you will. Let's go raid his fucking room. Guaranteed. <laughs> it's not going to be in his room. It's going to be in his office. Guys, I'm Let's trying go. to explain right. to the audience how this stuff works, it's and you guys charging. are you guys are busy just <laughs> chatting it up over there. So the pocket poussoir, also Bluetooth. The pocket so what? When the poussoir. What's that? It's the fancy word. Pussy. The Poussois. We are a refined podcast, goddammit, Rick. We're not even fucking close to that. Yeah, this is not even fucking proper. I'm trying to class I, I it don't up even, here. I don't even I'm work here. You guys brought me in. I'm like, you the guys bum are just over there. Let's just get it right down. The Poussois is you. Rick We're it, talking about pocket pussies, okay? It, Let's get it down Rick's over here in his trucker sweatpants, and you know he's partying down with his with his party pretzels here. I'm telling you, these are the best pretzels you've ever had in your I'm, whole entire life. I know life. they are, but I'm trying... Sake, I don't just want eat a the fucking pretzel. <laughs> if you don't eat the pretzel, I had such a it. huge dinner. Anyway, it's one fucking pretzel. So when the man thrusts, great. Now it's become a fucking weapon. The vibrator goes <laughs> off, and and when the female squeezes, the pocket poussoir squeezes, and these are all done by Bluetooth. So while you're on a road trip, you can have a good time with your lady friend. And so now to bring it full circle, Andrew, does toolfetch.com offer any of these very accoutrements yes wow that was <laughs> fucking greg johnson classing it up that really turns yourself into like a go fuck yourself kind of item yeah it is so like so it. andrew did do you guys offer that is it something we could we could maybe it will be a hot seller he's looking I, it I up right it now would. he's looking into it i guarantee you so hear me out Sweat and grind throws itself behind toolfetch.com with the Bluetooth pocket poussoir. I bet within the first two weeks, number one seller on the website. You think? Absolutely. So are we going to put like our name on it? Ooh. 
Yeah, we're gonna put Brian. Well, I mean, oh, I'll, well, I'll, you can have like Brian, Greg, Matt, Brian. motherfucking Tot, and you can put their names on them. Right. You know what? Though? Or you could just put Sweat and but, Grime. But think about it. Since Matt ain't here, we're gonna shit at him. We're gonna put Matt first, then Brian, then you. And then me. You go last? Rick, Rick yeah, wants to be closest way, to the anus. That way, when it's all the way fucking inserted, my name's last with the big Johnson. Yeah, but my no. name is fucking Johnson. You guys. And then, you guys. then we'll put Matt in the beginning, so he's deep. If it's going to sell, you need to do a video, and you need to do a demonstration. So <laughs> Brian, Brian, do Brian demo. <laughs> Rick, Rick has graciously volunteered to demo the full okay. product line. Yeah, I will push it in. Someone's got to be the receiver, though. I, why don't you model both? You got one in the back, one on the one on the front, one in the back. Well, see, I'm going to do the couple version, and then you could do the one of go fuck yourself version. Yeah. Well, that is the go fuck yourself version. Oh, no. See, I'm doing the couples version. I like how you've just decided that this is the way this is going to play out. You brought it up. We can take a vote. Yeah. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Greg and I are voting uh, for the jointly. I like how he just took my vote. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be the odd one out here. No, I mean, I'm... I'm hey, uh, now, now I understand why you fucked Wally up. <laughs> oh, dude, we fucking destroyed Wally. <laughs> Poor Wally. Wally. Wally made the mistake hey, of bringing you know up what? Flex Time, and it was all downhill here from there. Here it is. Fuck Flex Time, and that's for Wally. <laughs> Greg, why don't you fill him in on what you told your guys the next day about Flex Time? <laughs> Uh, I, well, I told him a lot of things, but <laughs> the number one thing that I told him was that we were working half days. Is that what you were referring yeah. to? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's 24 hours in a day. Half days are 12 hour days. <laughs> <laughs> and that flex time, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you can flex however you want. You just got to be here 12 hours a day. I don't give a fuck. Start time's at 7.30. So, so coming back to Andrew, I apologize. This, tonight's just going to be a hot mess. It's, it, it is what it is. But, uh, so you were doing, you, you were doing the IT thing. Uh, how long were you in the IT industry before 9 11 happened? trying to route back to the nerdy. Yeah, shit. but I, I'm trying to reroute to our guest as a responsible host. I don't host. remember my nerdy then. <laughs> uh, no, it was, just a, it was just a couple years um, from when I graduated to when I started my business. Gotcha. So interesting enough, yeah, I uh, was working in another company while my brother kind of went off and, you know, started doing tool fetch, and then I came in a little bit later, like a, a year or so later. Gotcha. Them out and we started, uh, you know, working and, together. And so was Toolfetch kind of going the direction that it was, or did you guys kind of shift gears post 9-11 when you entered in? D did it kind of take on a, a new purpose? You know, what's interesting is that when we came out, nobody was really in e-commerce. You know, there was, if you think back 21, almost 22 years ago, you know, the infancy of the internet and online and e-commerce and think, think of even Amazon. I think what is Amazon's only 20 something years old. Yeah, that's true. Old, you know, right. So it, in the beginning for us, it was a hard sell going to these vendors and manufacturers saying, Hey, like we want to put your products online. What, who, what, what's an internet? Who? Yeah. What, yeah what's the point? I just had a thought what's 20 years ago, you were watching porn on pay-per-view. Oh, that's Dial assuming up. you could afford pay-per-view. I'm just saying, like, Dial that wasn't up. a thing. Oh, shit. I, thought I was, was trying to, like, put timelines in my head, and I'm like, That's a J.C. Penny catalog, oh, baby. You remember, back, you remember back then, you remember AOL and Dial-Up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the worst. It would yeah. connect, and it would say, you got mail, and that was the most exciting thing, and you connected at 56K. That was the best. I don't know what 56K uh, was. So 56 kilobytes per second. 
Yes. Sorry. That's a nerd thing. Porn, <laughs> was, porn was really slow back then. You know what? It was yeah. where the picture would start loading from the top. Oh, yeah. And you prayed to God that the internet, like didn't mom or crash. dad, didn't pick, didn't up, the pick up the phone yeah. before it loaded. I didn't have a computer until I was like 30. You got to get a pass of titties. Mm-hmm. And then if a phone call came in, at least you had that. Dude, right. now, that now that you say that, it, it rings a bell. But now Rick's yep. like, oh, my the buddy, glory days. My, yes, my buddy back in the day, and I won't drop his name, had the DHL and the computer was in his parents' room. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck it, they were gone and they were supposed to be out of town for whatever time frame went on. And the fucking internet froze or whatever and come back. And I don't know how many hours later it was when it come back on and then it froze again. And I remember just sitting there in his, uh, <laughs> oh, fuck, we were outside in, in having a bonfire. <laughs> we're out there at the bonfire pit and all I hear is, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> just, dude, I just start running in there. Cause like, it sounded like something bad was going on. Right. And I walk in there and his parents are just like googly eyed. And this bitch is on the computer just spread white the fuck oh. open. <laughs> and the computer's froze. Oh. <laughs> Cause remember the computer freeze. You couldn't close yeah, the shit down. That's, that's yeah, you had to fucking shut that it down. Un- yeah, the good old Goodbye. DHL. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's got a good computer story. My buddy bought a Mac, you know, supposedly the best oh, top the, of the line. Yes, of course. That fucking thing. Then by the next day of him owning it, it only beeped. It wouldn't do anything else. He was looking at porn all night and it just locked up tight as a fucking drum. That's a problem. You know, Apple, they're just, they're just so, they got to keep you on the straight and narrow the second yeah, but you he had stray. to explain to his wife and the computer IT guy why it didn't work anymore. Oh yeah. It's you the know. damnedest thing. I don't know. What? <laughs> Until that dude flipped her open and was like, "Holy shit! Holy hell! That is this the biggest guy googled penis every I've single thing he ever tried to, to download." See. What's the What's the thing when the two TVs are synced together back in the day? Mirror, wasn't it mirroring? Mirroring. Like, I don't know, but like if someone's watching TV downstairs and it's connected to yours, oh, you can watch yeah. whatever. When you, when you had like a cable box in yeah. one room and then you could run the cord from that yeah. and you could see whatever yeah. you're... If your yeah. parents were watching Wheel of Fortune, you had to watch Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. I, I had another buddy that was dropped off at his aunt's house and they were watching TV and they were supposed to be watching the kid or whatever the fuck was going on. Until. And obviously, he found the dirty channels. Yeah. And his aunt comes downstairs. He's pounding his mouth to the fucking TV. I better use my strong hand. <laughs> He's all like, what? How, how did I get caught? She's like, I was watching TV and you turned on porn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the old blurry titty channel. I don't know if you remember that. Every once in a while, you'd oh, catch a glimpse. Yeah, but I that that's was, when you got too drunk. No, no so no. that was before that. That was before cable. When you had the rabbit ears and you had to tune them, and every once in a while, because it was an. Inc- Andrew, do you remember this? Was it was it actually encrypted or was it just snowy? It was snowy and it had like lines through it. But Andrew, I thought how old it was Andrew? He's older than us. He's like your age, Greg. He's yeah. old. How old are you, Andrew? Uh, I turned 45. Okay, so me and you, we're in the blurry, blurry titty yeah, era. Yeah, so that I think it was encrypted channels. Well, it was cable, but like if, but if it was you a- weren't watching it on the box, you could get so many channels on your TV in your room. But it, but I want to say for the for the naughty channels, they were actually encrypted, but every once in a while, the snow would yeah, line like just line right. up and you'd see a nipple. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd like or, have to... Fr- or the cable guy, the cable guy that comes, you know, he, he puts that box in. 
Yeah. 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 The special box. Yeah, that was like that was Andrew's own words. Years the special box. box. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. What I didn't I have won't confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all right, Andrew. It's you know, sins are sins, and we're past that point now. So. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Just spew it on the air. That's all I gotta say. Well, Get it out there. Dirty magazines. Sweat and grime confession. That's right. <laughs> if you're going to hell, you're doing it here. <laughs> That's true. On sweat and grime, you will just yeah. Next it's, week we will have a preacher on. <laughs> We could get we you can line that up. That's right, Ben. Ben, yeah. Please so, confess to Andrew why he so, is a good person. Andrew, tell us a bit when you guys when you guys kind of went full blown uh, toolfetch.com. What what was kind of the process there? Was it kind of you? You mentioned your brother had started it up. Was it already kind of underway, or were you still very much in the growing the business phase? We were in the growing business phase, and we were bootstrapping the whole thing. Like literally, because we had both lived in the city at the time. And literally we would get up in the morning on the weekends and, and we built the first website ourselves. Like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Wow. Like we literally built the entire thing. Did you go get a website for dummies book? No, you went to GoDaddy.com. <laughs> today things are easy, right? You yeah. Go to shop, like there's, you have all, you know, different it's all done like for you. Things. Yeah. Well, how, how hard was it to build a website back then? It was, you had like, a computer. It, yeah. But, you know, you actually had a code, like you're doing shit in what's called Dreamweaver and editor. Like these are like, oh, old, like look, I had just, totally he forgotten just, about Dreamweaver. I think he just came in his own thing. A little I bit. He, he went nerded out and just because <laughs> I was it. So this, did you hear what you, oh, yeah. I did hear this. Well, so this hits, this hits multiple levels of nerdism. up on aisle five. Because this is, so Dreamweaver was like this Cadillac website design program. And then this was also back in the day where pirating was fairly new. And so I pirated Dreamweaver. And so it was like a double erection. It's like double rainbow, except it's a double erection. You know you're a fucking nerd when you're getting off on a computer. You know what, Andrew? Can you can you relate? Because clearly I'm sitting in an audit with with a couple of guys that just just can't appreciate what I'm what I'm saying here. To on a fifty, yeah, never, we're not even sure what you are saying. On a fifty-six k dial-up modem to pirate Dreamweaver and have that successfully go through with no interrupting phone calls, like you woke up yeah. the next morning, you were like, "Sweet Jesus, Brian was saying, what he have we done?" Without a touch on himself, is how, what he was getting down to. How can we even, wield this power responsibly? Is is your thought the next morning? <laughs> I just see Brian now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dreamweaver. <laughs> Yeah, so we had we had built it in Dreamweaver, um, and it, it took time to, to to build, and we didn't know what we were doing in, in the beginning. And then, you know, uh, ironically, our first sale online was from a from a friend of mine. Um, he still has the sale up in his in his house, a printed receipt. Oh, no, does he really? That's awesome. Milestone of like, it was cool. Yep. And so. Uh, so how did the business kind of evolve over time from from your your friend making his his purchase to where yeah, you are so now? Kinda, so from there, it just kind of caught on. Just, you know, manufacturers started to approach us and we started to approach more manufacturers. And, you know, as time went on, they were more accepting to, to online and e-commerce. And one thing led to another. We grew the, the product line. We started growing the business. We started... You know, bringing on employees, and we at our first office, and you know, things started to to, to slowly kind of move. Um, 
and you know naturally kind of kind of took you know um started to increase over time so it was just you know it was an evolution for the people in the audience who don't know anything about tool fetch what is it what what is tool fetch can you explain that to the people that have no idea what you're talking about right now yeah, so our target is the skilled uh, tradesmen and women. So we provide all the tools and equipment. So anything from cement mixers to uh, pipe tools to hand tools to power tools, uh, material lifts, uh, anything in between there. So, so we sell roughly s- about 500 PPE, bucks. all the way safety glasses, orange vests. They've got hoisting equipment. I was on there yeah, earlier. I was, just, I was just trying to get them to tell the audience what yeah. exactly – you know, if, if a guy needs a new pair of shades tomorrow, he goes on your website and boom, they're in the mail the next day. Is that kind of how this yeah. works? Yeah. So if somebody needs to repair something or someone needs to lift something, someone needs to store something on the job site, we have all the products, uh, you know, to, um, you know, for, for a job site and, and such a building or um, a school or university. Yeah. So I just fetched some pretzels on Amazon. Well, oh, so, so that actually leads me into my question. Uh, when Amazon really started popping, uh, did that have a pretty big impact on your business or are you guys specialized enough that, that you didn't really see a huge impact from them? Yeah, I think it impacts everybody's business in some way, right? So either you work with them or you can work against them and it's hard to work against them. So you work with them. So we have uh, an Amazon section that uh, we sell certain product line that we do not sell on tool fetch oh so, so you guys are actively on amazon so you're kind of benefiting yeah. from that correct correct gotcha. um, but the focus for us is you know our own products and our own customer base now uh are you guys at a point now where you're kind of happy with the with the materials that you guys have listed or are you constantly looking for new manufacturers and and new products to put on the website yeah so we always go to trade shows so we're always actively looking for new vendors to work with and new products and we you know we constantly are updating and and putting new products up so we're always actively looking um for other product lines yeah now the way you oh go ahead i'm sorry no so it's not stale gotcha now, the way you and I got hooked up is uh, I saw a very trade positive message on LinkedIn that you had written. And then when I went into your actual profile, I noticed that almost every single one of your posts is very trades oriented and trades positive. Uh, what kind of stuff are you involved in outside of Tool Fetch itself to kind of get the message out about the trades? What, what all are you doing? Yeah, I mean, besides sort of the the videos, you know, I'm working or trying to work with trade schools, um, and and trying to um, you know get into the the schools and and, and high schools and that type of stuff because the the messaging really has to start in our schools. Mm-hmm. It has to start with our parents. Uh, and it has to start with our guidance counselors and our teachers, and you know, changing you know, or at least giving the option to kids, you know, who maybe don't want to go to college, who don't want a, a four-year degree, who don't want to go into debt. So giving them sort of that option, you know, that a trades path is uh, is a viable, you know, option that they can take. And, 
you know, you're coming out with less debt and, you know, you have a skill and it's a lifelong skill and you can build your career from there. So yeah. it's, it's a newer pursuit for me in a sense that, you know, through videos, I'm able to connect with a lot of trades, uh, men and women and, you know, uh, trade schools and, you know, people are asking me for advice on where to go and, you know, working through that. And it's been, it's been amazing. Just the, the overall, uh, you know, the communication back and forth. So are you doing things on the individual level mostly, or are you actively getting involved in different organizations? Yeah, I'm slowly doing that. Um, so it's opened up, you know, a lot of opportunities and windows for me. Um, so I'm actively, you know, looking to, to further the message and, you know, working, like I said, with, with trade schools and even uh, local or even on a national level uh, to work with other organizations to push the message out. So that is, that is sort of the goal. So if I can, if I can help one person, I mean, that would be amazing. But if I could, you know, help many different people, at least give them the option. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's, it's a tough situation. It's, you got a huge, Trade skill gap. Now, coming coming from the IT world and then fetching tools, how do you recognize that this is just such a lack in the industry down into the middle school and high schools? Obviously, we've talked about it, and it's it's a positive note to hear you're talking about it. We talk about it on the trade site all the time, trying to get people more motivated and get them and open the doors and show them a different career and just – shine light on other career paths. How do, how do you catch on to something like this by, by just sitting there selling tools, fetching tools for somebody? How do you <laughs> catch on to that and actually recognize it and actually have the motivation to want to get behind and do something behind it? You know, I speak to tradesmen and women all day. I mean, you know, whether it's somebody in the field or somebody, uh, a plumber, a carpenter, you know, and this is just years of hearing the same story uh, about uh, that we have this huge gap that people are just not getting into the trades. Yeah. And and I just literally, guys, I just got, you know, fed up. Like, I need to do something in the sense I want to get in front of people. And that's why I started, you saw the welding video um, and get the message out to different people. And it's, it's a real problem. Like, all these things you take for granted, everything, and you guys know this, just, you know, all the buildings, facilities, uh, you know, if you're running water or you flush a toilet, everything, everything is uh, uh, repaired and maintained by tradespeople. Yeah. And without them, and I said this, you know, what if all the, one of my videos, I said, what if all the skilled tradesmen disappeared? We'd be fucked. <laughs> Where the hell would we be? Yeah. And that's, so, that's one of the biggest things that, you know, we can't stress enough and we see it every day just being a tradesperson in and out. You know, they, they call they're impatiently, you hurry up and you got to get there and you got to fix their items or septics or plumbing or electricity or whatever. But what people aren't starting to recognize and people are starting to recognize is that the young generation needs to be getting involved because there's coming such a huge age gap in between somebody that knows something and somebody that doesn't. And this is, this is just something now people are starting to get behind and we're talking about and we're starting to promote it. But eventually this is going to come, a, I believe, 
a national crisis, national oh, issue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't have nobody yes. coming up fast enough or enough people to get into the trades that in, could take care of the problems. In the next 10 years, I think most of America is going to pucker their buttholes right up when they go to build a house and it's 400000 for a house that should have cost Two fifty, yeah, and it's all because of labor rates. We're already, and see, that, and we're then already gonna seeing go, it. You, you are, yeah. you're starting to see it. Yeah, and then I they're going to go. It's a two year waiting list. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. I mean, Not I, I have buddies that are in, you know, an actual builder, a home builder that can't give their customer a price on how much the home's going to be until they're close to the finish line because stuff's changing so fast. Yeah, and, and that's I would even <clears throat> say at this point in time. That's more related to the materials. We haven't even, we've started to see labor rates go up, but really in the grand scheme of things, we're just on the front of what labor 100%. rates are going to do. It's going to double, dude. Oh, easily. If I, not triple. It, like yes. it's going to go up. Yes. We're at, we're at a rate of probably 40, 50% rate yeah. increase. You know, it's the funny, now you think about it, statistically, uh, we haven't looked it up, or at least I haven't. When was the equal balance? How how many people were actually in the trades across the board? You know, if you go to Dr. Google. Dr. Google? You know, when you're sick, you go to Dr. Google. Oh, right. Or just go to Google. Okay. Or right. whatever. Tradesman or, Google. Yeah, tradesman Google. Okay. But look it up and what was the balance <laughs> of how many how many active Americans were in the trades? You know what? When that, there was an active balance of yeah. people in the trades to what there is now. Like, was it, I don't know. Five million, three million, what was it? Yeah, I don't know. You know, what's the deficit now, and what's projected to come? When are we going to actually get the curve back up? Have you been Have you been asking that question a lot, Rick? No. <laughs> When's that curve going to come back up? <laughs> no. That's a That's a daily no. thing, bud. <laughs> I don't have to ask the question. Uh, you know, it is interesting though to kind of circle back to what Rick was saying. We in the trades, acti actively in the trades, talk about it all the time. But it is interesting, Andrew, to have someone come from a, a kind of white-collar background. And and even still, I would argue, while you were kind of in the trades, you're still at the outer edges of it. And for you to pick up on the extent of the labor shortage the way that you have, kind of where where did that revelation really come in? Where did Where did you discover that from? Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's just, you know, speaking to, you know, I rub elbows with them. I, you know, I'm, I'm not swinging the hammer, but, you know, it's, I'm providing all the products that they're using yeah. to do the work. So you, you hear it constantly, like I, it's, you, I've heard it for so long. Yeah. It's just a daily I, I conversation really, I, at this point. Yeah. I've never, you know, I'm on a, on a, a newer pursuit in the sense of putting it out there. That's, yeah. that's newer putting on video. So, um, I just want to get the message out there because I just don't think enough people, like you said, know how bad the situation is. Now I have friends who say, I can't find a plumber. I can't find an electrician. I'm like no fucking way. Like, what, what do you think? Yeah. Like there's not, there's not enough, um, people to go around, you it, know, supply and demand. So. Yes. Uh, that, and that's it. That's what so many people don't understand. It is, this is, this is a market just just like for any item at the grocery store if there's too much demand and not enough supply prices are going to go up 
You know, if you if you got 15 people wanting Twinkies and there's only five Twinkies, well, the price of those Twinkies is going to go up because people want to pay more for the Twinkies because they want them. It's the same with the labor market. If you shove everyone into college, as we have been over the last 50 years, all of the sudden you don't have a supply of tradesmen. But demand is still there because people still want to drive on roads. People still want to build houses. People still want to have their turds go down the toilet when they flush it. And they still want to have nice clean water when they turn their water on. So demand hasn't stopped. Well, I think it's increased actually because hundred percent the infrastructure that we built during the, you know, like the trade era is yep. now starting to fail. Yep. Yes. And we've never it's really. It's a C minus. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So our infrastructure is in shitty shape yep. and we're also just bulldozing a path into new housing, new subdivisions, new so on and so forth. So the demand is increased and the supply has went way, way down. And so now you have nobody wants to work and it's not, I don't think that they want to work. We've just shamed the tradespeople so much for so long that if you tell somebody I'm a construction worker, they instantly go, Ooh. Yeah. Well, the, the like sense you of touch pride dirt. though, yeah. the sense of pride in the skilled trades is gone. Oh, all right. A hundred percent. We grew up with pride. We, we understood the work ethic and the quality and the pride for the good craftsmanship. Well, the pride the you're talking that about, that's a different kind of pride rating. Not not gay pride, Brian, like you. <laughs> We're just talking about handcrafted. But if pride. you think about like when the auto workers worked on the assembly line at Ford, they were proud of what they did every single day. Mm-hmm. They were like, look right. at this. Now I did they the, drive Toyota. Right. They were, to I did the, the factory. best job I could when, when all day. What, at what point did that change that it wasn't cool anymore? Man, you know, I, right? I think I think when the blue collar worker had been beat to death and worked to death, and he looked at the white collar worker and was like. I want better for my kids. I don't want them to have to do what I had to do. I think that's a big part of it. Pushing it and saying, you don't have to grind your fingers into the bone. But there's a bigger aspect to it. I think, I think overall as a nation, we, we wanted to be a world leader. And the way you become a world leader is you increase the education level of your populace. And so we did, we went and sent everybody to college and we were patting ourselves on the back. Sweet Jesus. Look at how smart we are. But we forgot you still need somebody to fix the shitter. Well, and the funny thing is, I don't know that we ever forgot that. It's it's just the nostalgia factor. Well, we we overlook everything, right? Because the the America as a whole runs off infrastructure. Well, it was big enough. It was built. Well, think about did it keep think about back in the day who we idolize. We still have Rosie the Riveter posters all over the place, and we tout it. And what is it? It's a woman. With her hair tied up, with a fucking bandana around her forehead, because she's sweating, Building and she's tanks and airplanes. She, with her fucking sleeves rolled up, and she's got her arms curled up, like it's Rosie the fucking Riveter. And we as a nation are like, fuck yeah, that's America. But somebody else's America. I'm gonna go sit back at my computer. I mean, like that's where we've gotten to. Is we still love to tout that, but not. No, I'm not. I'm not that person. But but Americans, <laughs> Americans are that people. Look at this fucker panic. He was <laughs> like panicking. Fuck, the they're both staring at me. Well, no, yeah. I, that's the American mentality. I'm not. I'm not that person that's going to go do that work. But but Americans, we did that. I'm well, going to take partial credit as an American, even though I would never do that. Right. But that's really where we're at we as got, America. But we've even got to the point now. People won't even offer or just give a lending hand unless they're getting paid. 
Oh, well, that's right? now but, you're but, delving down the road yeah, of but, America's selfishness. But this yes. is what has evolved. So it kind of goes hand in hand with like just the pride of just doing a quality, good job and doing it right. Instead of not everybody's this way, but a lot of people and contractors and employees have gotten to the point. Well, if I just kind of cut the corner, I can bare get minimum done. to get paid. Well, it will work. But here's the thing. Not only that, you create a problem down the road. But. Today it's fixed. You're cutting corners to to cheapen up the bid so you can win the yeah. work, which really you're cutting your own throat. And then you know, like me and you, we may, we yeah we do well going around cleaning up people's shit shows. Yeah, but so. that, but that's the thing though is the people are starting to pay twice, and I think now more with social media and just the phones, and people are starting to catch on of good quality, bad quality, right? Because things yeah. are starting to get more revealed. The exposure of America and the quality of craftsmanship <laughs> and certain kind, like you could start, you could look it up because before it was just a phone book. So you didn't know if they were a good contractor or bad contractor unless it was just word of mouth. Right. Now, if you do like, think about it. If you're a bridge builder one day and you build a bridge and you successfully build the bridge, you're never known as a, a fucking bridge builder. You yeah. were just part of the project. But you go around and fuck somebody once, you're known as a cocksucker your whole life in the trades. I I think he so fucked saying, that whole thing I, up. No, I didn't. You but. lost me in the analogy. <laughs> but I knew where he was going with it. But think about it. No, I get it. I, you were edging towards the cocksucker for life. <laughs> right. But think about it, though. If you no, fuck, I know. If you fuck up one job once, you're known as, you're known as the cocksucker. <laughs> Guaranteed. But... but if you build a bridge one time, you're not known, known as this dude that just built this bridge. Like, you were just part of the puzzle. So negative right. press sticks around much longer than positive press. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with you. But just the, I don't know if it... If you I, get one Karen out there, she'll tell every single person you're a Fucking Karens. There's fucking so, Karens. I'd hate Andrew, to have the name Karen. I'm I so am sorry. curious. I am curious. Because we sit around every week as tradesmen in the trades, and we're like, God damn it, this is how we solve the problem. But I am curious from someone with a bit of an outsider's perspective. Uh, what are your thoughts on on how as a nation we kind of address this whole work workforce shortage and, and the lack of skill traits? Yeah, I think one is awareness, getting it out there, you know, putting it out there. You know, there's still there's still a lot of people who don't know. People take things for granted. Um, you know, it's it's a matter of getting the message out and then and I, I keep, I, I said it before, I think it's a matter of you need to change the perspective of parents. Parents drive your, your, I guess your, you know, your career path in a sense of, you know, if they tell you, hey, don't go into the trades, it's dirty. Why would you want to work with your hands? Well, if, if they, my parents consistently said that, I'd probably believe that. I, so, I think I think some of that's starting to come around. I've had people approach me who are very, very white collar and saying, hey, you know, we've kind of realized that not every kid is set up to be behind a computer all the time. Why don't, wh where is there a school that I can send them? Or is there an apprenticeship program? I'm starting to get asked by, like I said, management and, and the upper blue collar is, what do we do with these kids? Because nobody, nobody even promotes what to do with that kid. And there's well, kids that they need to be in the trades. They're naturally good at it. But you think about it, though. Andrew hit it on the head when he said he's getting involved with middle school and yep, high school. Exactly. 
think about it. When we, so I was in the dirt field, right? Yep. The last time I played with Tonka toys was probably seven or eight years old. When, when were the kids playing with Legos and blocks and the hammers and building stuff with the Fisher price stuff? And then it stopped. Yeah. I think kindergarten, I don't even know if they have that shit in kindergarten anymore. And then we don't introduce it back to them until you're in high school when you're trying to start figuring out life. And there might be a trade school that you could possibly take if it's around in your area. Right. Right. So you don't, you don't keep the interest of like, man, that kid was really good at playing Legos or he was really good at pushing a machine. And like he was, that's all the kid wanted to do. Yep. Play yep. with that stuff. Right. So then you start watching, well, how come nothing continued through middle school or high school? And then we got to the American thing that we're so good at selling debt. <laughs> That we have career day and college is there. Yeah. College is there with a the bandwagon because it's, to me, it's one of the biggest money grabs. We're robbing kids that don't even know what they want to be. Nope. They sign up at 18 years old or 17 years old making these decisions and they go to college not realizing they're burying themselves in a career they don't want and they've signed a $100,000 debt, $150,000 debt, but we didn't continue middle school and high school showing them the door that we're all trying to start talking about now of there's another alternative besides college in the military. Yep. Like, and, and I've said this, what, to, I, what happened to, I've said this on this podcast at six years old, you can usually hand a kid a pile of nails and a hammer and you're going to figure out if that kid, if that's for him or not, if he's bashing all his fingers off, might want to look towards the computer, but the kid who's building walls at six, that's the guy you want. He's so, got a natural mechanical ability. So I sucked at school, dude. Like school for me was just a waste of time. It's, it was fun to hang out with kids, chase girls, and play sports. D stands for diploma. Yeah, that dude. I passed with like a D, almost minus. Like yeah. I but, got a diploma. But but could, could you build a wall? Could you could right. you 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 could dig a hole? You could yeah. make things. You could build That's things right. with your hands. But That's they, what I'm saying. There's a they natural. Looked at us, they looked at guys like myself and other people <laughs> in this world like you're a failure because yep. my grammar sucks. I'm a huh? product of the construction trades, right? I can't mm-hmm. spell. I have a hard time writing. Like, let's tell the truth here. If I didn't have a smartphone, I might be in trouble. Oh, you'd be in deep but trouble. Me too. Back then, they would shame you, and they they didn't show you the other door. That yep. Well, you know, math isn't really good for you, or science isn't really good for you. Why don't you try to go help that guy cut the tree down or become a plumber or electrician? Like they didn't show you those doors. Here's a question that I thought of when I walked in on you guys talking about that. Why is it that coming out of high school, you pick college? Good for you, man. Good for you. You go into the military. Good for you. You're going into construction or you're going to be a plumber. Oh, well, well, good for you. No, I got the, I got the, well, life starts. I, why though? So so you go to college, okay? Well, it's a, it, it's a why until they need something fixed at their fucking house, and then they call you. But if you really yeah. if you hey, really break buddy. it down, if you really break it down, college, okay, you've got a good career path. It's not as good as it was for a long time in this country, but okay, it's still a good career path. You go into the military. Well, sweet Jesus, you're a hero. You're defending this nation. And it's, you go to be, the trades. It's, it's because every motherfucker's brainwashed, dude. It is. With social media, with the news, right? With everything else. And it's we're not projected, even that. It's but they're not, projected to show the outcome. Like, you go get a doctor. You drive this Corvette. You live in this mansion. 
they don't project like you don't see all you see is the plumber or the businessman in the construction trades that made it. He's got the Corvette. He's got the pool, but he's the business owner. Hang, they hang didn't tight. Show. Hang tight right there. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm cutting you off for a good reason. Rick, Mr. Rick, who doesn't own a Corvette, because nope. where's your money? Inve- How much was your dump truck? How much was your skid steer? How much were all those right. attachments? If you sold all those tomorrow, how many Corvettes do you think you could buy? A couple. Mr. Johnson, you got a vac truck. You got a plumbing company. You've got how many service trucks? You got. If you were to sell all that, how many Corvettes do you think you could buy? I bet you could buy a fucking Lamborghini pretty easy, right? Right, a couple of them. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about the trades that no one fucking puts together <laughs> is every fucking tradesman out there for the most part, that especially ones that own their own company, could 100% buy a Ferrari or Lamborghini. But they, but but they instead, don't, they, don't. they buy a piece of iron. I've said this on this podcast. I have plumbers that work for me that drive Corvettes. That, well, that's true. Yeah. You got Yeah, you got your plumber that drives. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, it, that's it, though. Plumbers in, in, in construction in general always get this bad stigma, and it's like, you actually make decent money. You make, yeah. you make a fucking phenomenal living. Like, let's tell the truth. I don't truth. know about phenomenal, no, you but... Do. It, you do. You're Most of the people... Okay, when you're when you first start coming into the trades, thirty five grand, maybe forty. Right, but, but you're as learning you start, as you start building. You're building with no debt except for what you go purchase yep, on your exactly. own. Exactly, and you could start getting into fifty, sixty, seventy, if not a hundred grand over time. But the thing is, they're getting a free education by working. They're getting paid for it, and they also start creating a life that is but, sustainable that people don't see. What were you going to say, Andrew? No, I was just agreeing with what you're saying. I, I was also going to say tools is a big thing that you start to accumulate. The tool guy on the 100%. phone. 100%. You know what I mean? When you first get into the trades, you, I, they give all these people these grants for going to college. We'll give you, you know, we'll give you 10 credits. The government will pay for it. Why don't you buy a guy a tool bag? Oh, fuck well, you. Here's you know a, here's what I mean? Thing, fuck though. you, peon. No, fuck you. You know what I mean? Seriously. <laughs> it's true. No, though. I agree. I like, agree. Give 100%. the guy a fucking tape measure and a hammer and Absolutely. let him go make a living. Absolutely. That's the question right there. Andrew, when you guys were starting up your tool fetch, did you guys get a free loan to just start your company? No. No. What, None what, of us did. So on the flip no. side, obviously, we all started... Just scrounging up tools yep. before we could even contact a guy like you. How yep. did you guys even get started? You were out in Grandpa's shed looking for the shit he wasn't using, right? Selling you know? it and replacing it before he got back. Exactly. I do. I do want to address something really quick. So, so you saying trades make a phenomenal living? You saying sort of? No, I think they do. H- hang on, hang because on. Because statistically, no. I just read this this past week. Statistically. If you make over $100,000 a year, you're in the top 15% of earners in America. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, is, I I don't know about you guys, and I don't know how much you want to reveal here, but I'm telling you right now, we're in the top 15% of earners in this country as fucking tradesmen. What education level do you have, Greg? Yeah. Uh, I mean, trade school, so. Okay. Uh, D from high school. Okay. And here you are in the top 15% of earners. What do you have? I don't count because I'm the weirdo. You do. do. What do you got? I have a bachelor's degree in marketing. Okay. But you're working where? Uh, Yeah. I'm in the trades. Exactly. And and guess what? On that note, had I used my bachelor's in, in marketing, 
wouldn't be in the fucking top 15% earners. When I said that they don't make a phenomenal living, is a phenomenal living to me is a, a guy who can afford pretty much anything he wants. We make a good living with the way gas prices and everything are going right now. It's going to take a little while to even out. Mr. Johnson, it's a high bar. Two yeah, years. Even out. yeah, two years ago, if you were in the trade, you could make a phenomenal living. Yes, yeah, but, I'll retract that statement. But when you, when you look at it, it will even out. Yeah, right? it will. It will. It has to because guess what? You ain't going to have no fucking workers. Yeah, no, I know. But the I know, thing and that's is, what I'm scared of. When I say of. they make a, phen- a phenomenal living, the the... Obviously, you got to push yourself and you got to push the bar and you got to get to the point of you're knowledgeable yes. and you're a good resource to attract that kind of employment, that kind of money to get to the top. If you're yep. the gopher, you need to have a little bit more mo- motherfucking motivation to get to yep. the top to be employable. But at the same time, where I was going, they have a phenomenal living. They make a career. They could kind of do what they want, but most of them are happy and they're stress-free without the headaches. Yeah, in the trades, most of them really I, I, I was generally gonna, like what they do. Quality of life think is about, quality think about of how life. How many people want? Think about how many people got a four-year degree and decided to do completely something else. So you sunk yes. all this money. Yes. And then you're coming out with all this debt. And you're like, shit, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know? did you did you go to college? I went to college. Okay. I, like and I said, I was MIS, and I didn't help me one bit. And I'll I'll be honest with you. It didn't. Yeah, that was, I think we need a college. So oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Fuck college. So Fuck college. That's so right. Here's a question for you, Andrew. No, with all of the dabbling that you do amongst all of the different trades, now that you've you've kind of how how many years have you been at the the toolfetch.com thing? About twenty one years. So you've you're you're well versed in a lot of trades now. If you could pick one trade, if you had to drop your job tomorrow and go learn a trade, which trade would you pick and why? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> roasted for the one I pick, right? Oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's you're going to fail it no matter how you answer. <laughs> so you just accept that. <laughs> just know you're flying down the road on fire. Well, it depends. You know, do I want to be a lineman, a glazier, an electrician, or a plumber? You know, and there's different directions you can take with that, right? Well, give us some insight well, on it. Give us, give us some say, of your you, thought you, process. You got to pick one. Yeah. Just be a janitor because well, you well, get to do them all. Well, even if you even if you kind of go through each one, what what are the things that draw you to each one? And, is and what is prostitution considered a trade? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, if you got skill. I, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> is it a skilled trade? <laughs> yes, yeah. Greg. Yes. <laughs> so back to Andrew. <laughs> Prostitution yeah, I mean, is I that? Think, a- I, I think really, yeah, so I, I think it sort of depends on obviously which which route you want to take. I mean, you know, a lot of people would probably say electrician or a plumber because those are the those are the most well paid bitch jobs out there. Is that what you're saying? It's like all the princesses go into plumbing and electrician. No. <laughs> No, I just ha- I know I just have to give Greg Johnson some shit. He's a plumber. Actually, <laughs> on that note, if I knew what I knew now, not that I don't love the dirt industry and clearing land, I'd be an electrician. Or oh a hell yeah, I'd, I'd be, an, be an, electrician. an electrician. They're the Fuck only yeah. fucking trade that shows up with a collar on and doesn't get dirty all day long. And, and if they are required to get dirty, they have you bring in someone else to do it. Yeah, yeah, the, I'm all the about dirt that guy. Yeah, but exactly. He, 
I would be one of them because I could uh, I could buy a van, and I could damn near buy all the fucking tools I'll ever need and stock it. And, and you paint all free myself. candy on the side of that bitch. Electricians don't have a shitload of tools. I've noticed that. Like if you look in the back in their van, it's like a tool bag. Do you know why? Because their union contract requires outside of the basics, you supply everything for them. I learned that when I was at Dan's. My last job. I understand that, but as a plumber, we carry a shitload more tools than them. That's because your union hasn't really written it in there that someone needs to supply them for you. You're gonna have to to your boss. You don't have drain cleaner. There's all kinds of plumbing tools. You don't see a guy out roto rooter in the fucking light socket. Dude, I'm telling you, when we did that 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 job with the electricians at Dan's, they literally had to show up with like fucking snips and wire strippers and tape measure and everything a pencil. else. That's it. When 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 I was in local 98, tape measure, pencil. I That's believe all I had it because everything else and it's like all the critical tools you need to do the job. And I'm like, how the fuck is it required that anything. we supply all this shit? What the fuck? At the time, I didn't even show up with a pencil or and, the. And I will tape say measure. this: as much as every other trade shits on electricians, it's 100 percent because we're all jealous of the fucking electricians. Fuck yeah, we are. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Have you ever tried to hire a fucking electrician these days? They are some of the flakiest motherfuckers you ever meet. But literally, the shit doesn't really go bad. It's not like there's a service electrician. That's that's true. Oh, there is. There's Mr. Sparky around here. Yeah, but what the fuck do they do, really? Can, can you sing the song? I can't, Mr. Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> don't. What was it like? Don't let don't be the malarkey or something. Yeah. Okay, so Andrew gave us a very political answer, and I'm going to hold his feet to the fire. Andrew, you have to pick Uh-oh. one, sir. Yeah. No, you gotta you, pick you one. Can't, you can't. Don't don't let this banter think we no. let you off the hook. Yeah, we're he's not we're, off we're holding your feet to the it's fire. It's a hard thing to say because I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I would be roasted. You know, if I say that, you know, uh, be a plumber is going to be pros and cons. If, I vote if for that. Say, you know, being an electrician is going to be pros and cons. Well, um, but, but this is you, you personally, one, Andrew. You, Andrew. Listen, you we're going to give you the silent treatment you're until you going, say something. Yeah, exactly. Andrew, we're just going to uncomfortably, awkwardly go on and play it safe. <laughs> we got a raw dog. Yeah, we got a raw dog, this bitch. If you, Andrew, had to do a trade for the rest of your life, what are you picking? I guess possibly electrician. Good pick. <laughs> we were, we were, I was giving him the awkward yeah, silent we treatment. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to let I mean, him spill his guts. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you could be successful as an electrician. You could be successful as, as a plumber. But, you know, it really depends which which trade is, 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 is right for you. So why are you I, picking the electrician? You keep you keep referencing us in this. There's and always, I, keep, I keep telling it's it's you that's going to do the work, Andrew. Yeah, there's always that fear of the invisible death, though, that electrician shit that just jumps out and kills that you. Is 100%. That is 100%. That's why I didn't go that way. Yeah. I didn't go that way. I'm like, you I'm going to die away. from something I can't even see. On. Just don't fuck up, guys. That's the whole thing on the skilled trades. That's why it's called skill. Yeah, you yeah, but if you fuck up in our line of work, you're off a tenth. If you fuck up no, on no. the electrician you side, you, you, you fuck go home with no hair on your nutsack. And the fucking dozer dude ran you over. <laughs> There's no fucking, like, coming back. Well, if you've fried all of the hair off of your body, there yeah, ain't but no coming like, back from that either. We all know this. You come in with a hangover, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to be in the truck. The Sparky... You still got to get in there and play with the odd shit. That's true. Fuck That's that. true. And if I'm driving the dozer, I, you know, no offense, Rick, but 
That sucks, but it wasn't me going under the track. <laughs> right, your ass going to prison. I'm good. I mean, if I was hungover and I was an electrician, I would I just to me, I would have one of those fucking pens that light up and says it's hot and it's not hot and I would just keep stabbing until I wasn't fucking hung over no more. And I'd be are like, yeah, you, the fucker's not hot. It's are good. you sure you're not already an electrician? <laughs> Give me a pen. <laughs> now, Andrew, obviously you talk to a lot of different trades. What are some of the wackiest motherfuckers you talk <laughs> oh, to? I was just going to go down great that road. Is what is the most fucked up story you've heard from any of them? Yeah. Uh, oh God. Oh, I love that depressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to go there. Fuck you. Man, you should have prepped me on that one. I would have thought of a- Pull your pants down, bub. We'll get you. <laughs> get him, you know. Oh, my God. I- what, what would be the craziest, wackiest... Yeah. I don't know, Meow. What do you mean, Meow? <laughs> you got to let him concentrate or we're never going to get an answer. Meow. Yep, Meow. You know, I'm trying to think uh, of, a, of a story that would... Uh, There's got to be one that just ice. sticks out a little bit. Just just like... I know yeah, you're kind of on the spot. I can't a little believe. gun shy. And, and you also have to understand, too... Nothing is off limits on this podcast. Yeah, as, this, this as you've heard from this conversation. <laughs> See, Andrew, you can, no, you can say anything you want. Yeah, but think about it. You shouldn't even be panicked right now because we're just recording. It's not live. When it's live, that's, then, that's true. Then, that is you true. know, what yeah. you said, what you said. We'll edit out the silence. Yeah, we'll speed it up. Yeah. I wish I had a, I wish I really had a good story to tell you guys. That's well, all right. Which yeah. trade is the wackiest? Make one up. <laughs> well, I would think, you know, if, you, if you're doing, uh, you know, glazier, if you're like on the side of the building, right, doing all the windows and such, I yep. mean, that's, there's, mu- there's a lot of money in that, but that's, yeah, that's kind of scary being up there. I mean, you got to be, you know, nerves of steel, right? You know what? I'll do you one better. If you operate a tower crane, you have to shit in a bucket and sit with it all day. No, you don't. I've, well, I've seen Porter John done some tower cranes. I have too. Well, those have got to be some nice fucking tower cranes because the mo- majority of the ones that I have seen do not come with a Porter John. It is a shit bucket that you sit with all day and then you carry it down with you. No, see, that's where that's where I would just toss over and be like dropping bombs. Fuck exactly. That. 100%. Yeah. yeah you like just nobody's sh- figured out a better system than shit in a bucket. Well, see, if they were smart enough, they could fucking come up with a plumbing company that would have a tube. That would just express that shit. How about right a down fucking rope you can throw down and lower the turd down to somebody else? They do that. They you do know, that. at the end of the day, well, Brian was saying you got to carry it. You're, down. Operating, See, carry it. you're okay. operating a crane. It actually has the rope. Yeah, but you can't get it part, in the cab with you. It, yeah, it's a tower crane. You I bring was, that bitch right in beside you. Look, we need, we need, you you can grab a big cannonball and hook a turd to it, dude. I would just take that phrase of bombs away and be like, bombs away. <laughs> That's sorry, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> now where that really backfires is if it accidentally the wind blows and knocks that bitch back into the ladder. <laughs> well, that's when you really start laughing though. If it goes the opposite way and hits like the white collar building, Woo. Woo. <laughs> then you got to have that glazer, the guy Could that he was talking about, come squeegee poor, and turd off poor the window. Fucking Andrew <laughs> sitting in his office just designing his website on Dreamweaver, and next thing you know, whap, right up against the window, there's a, a big bucket. old shit. Well, not even a bucket, just a shit bag. <laughs> See, then, then you're the operator. You just get back in the crane you just start moving like nothing even happened he won't even know that was the 
biggest fucking bird I've and, ever seen. And he wanted to be an electrician. He could have been shitting out of a tower crane. <laughs> That's that's true. Andrew, did you ever consider that you could have been shitting out of a tower crate? <laughs> no, I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> have have we uh, opened your eyes to a few things today? Do, right? <laughs> Fucking huh? A. Now, I will say, you didn't have any like craziest trade stories before this podcast. I feel like after this podcast, you'll have some stories. Yeah, those yeah. fuckers are nuts. <laughs> I hung out with a plumber and some dirt work dickheads. <laughs> now, now I guess just to fit the mold, are we a little like off the fucking rails or are we kind of like aligned with the trades? Mm. Are you asking Andrew or as us. an outside party? I'm not asking you fucking whack guy. <laughs> uh, I think, you know what? I, I, I think you guys have your own spin on it, right? <laughs> so you do what you do and it works. You so know, so we're yeah, way off the rails. <laughs> you beyond the rails. The tracks fucking stopped a mile or two ago. I'm sorry, Andrew. Um, I should have forewarned you better about what you were in for. Wait, I'm with, sorry. With that being said, though, Andrew, how how would people get a hold of your website and get a hold of you if they want some kind of products? Yeah, so we're at uh, toolfetch.com. T-O-O-L-F-E-T-C-H-W-W, toolfetch.com. Uh, you can look me up uh, personally on LinkedIn and uh, DM me directly, or you can just give us a call at 800-508-4735. Awesome. So, so Greg motherf- motherfucking Johnson, he's over here bitching about it, but Matt motherfucking Totten, which Andrew, uh, he is normally our third seat here. Greg is filling in for us. He is an honorary motherfucking position because he's been here so long. So, I'm prompting him. He needs to ask the motherfucking question, which is... If you could have any job in the world, what would it be? I mean, it's close. It's right? close enough. We'll it's give it to you. We'll no, I'm a tradesperson. Yeah, I can't fuck. fucking memorize totally shit like this. It. It's, I don't know if we're going to have him back next do, time, Rick? Rick. I know. He's a fucking hat. Yeah. So anyway, right. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Way to team him up there, Greg. Yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. If you could do fuck anything it. different, what would you do? Anything different? Yeah. What would your dream job? Yeah. What be? would your dream job be? Oh yeah. I'm doing it, man. You doing it? I'm gonna. I'm doing it. Great. I told you. Uh, it's a passion of mine, and I'm, I'm serving you know men and women in the trades and playing my part. I will say when you start your job as a result of 9-11, <laughs> that, that kind of just sets the precedent for I'm doing exactly what I want to do. <laughs> that is, yeah, trial by fire. So I'm going to I'm gonna ask my question that I have totally copyrighted and I don't even care. Uh, what do you feel is your purpose in life here? My purpose, you know, I feel like getting the message out, you know, connecting with different people yeah, and supporting them. And it keep going back to the, the same mission. I mean, it's, it's, it's the trades and men and women. I mean, that, that's really, that's really my purpose and being in front of people and getting the message out. Yeah. That's well, thanks great. Thanks for all that you're doing. And helping out spread the message. Genuinely, as as three tradesmen, genuinely, thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for how much time you are investing in spreading the message on this. This is is something that we, as tradespeople, 
have to get outside of our industry to get additional support in helping with this. And we do genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, I'm behind you guys 100%. Well, Andrew, thanks again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. All right. right. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot, Brett. Absolutely. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. we don't know what just came out of Greg's mouth there. I, he's just, he went full Tourette's. And, uh, what do you mean, meow? We're, we're going to check him for a stroke after the show. And, uh, but Greg, that means Greg's that, been plumbed way too much today. That is true. But that means that we do have officially, I can officially say, I've re-engaged our web developer on the Sweat and Grime website. Sweatandgrime.com is coming soon. And I mean that however you want to take so it. so fucking lame. The only thing we got right now is a motherfucking podcast with no website. It's so coming. Stop prepping. It's Dreamweaver. Coming. Dreamweaver, baby. <laughs> I repirated Dreamweaver. So we're going to have a sweet website with glitters like on MySpace from you know, the from the late is, 90s, little twinkles, early, early 2000s. <laughs> this, is, this is where like the nerd in the room here that's all techie isn't nerding out on getting a website done. He's only been right. prepping the audience for yeah. like three months now. Dude, anticipation. Yep. We're building anticipation. But in the meantime, go that, check that out. That works with the blurry titty channel. It is toolfetch.com. Correct, Andrew? Yes. Toolfetch.com. And mm-hmm. any other social media platforms you want to plug? Uh, I'm on TikTok as well under uh, my name, Andrew Brown, uh, and also LinkedIn. Under, Perfect. Uh, Andrew Brown. Awesome. Well, thank you again, and you guys have a great week. We'll catch you next time on Sweat and Grime. See ya. Thank you, guys.